right. Well, good to see everybody this morning. Let's take your Bibles, if you would, and go over to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 13, if you would. We'll look at a little bit of Scripture as we get started here. Numbers chapter 13. The Bible says in Numbers 13, let's look at verse number 21. We'll start in verse 21. Numbers 13, 21. The Bible says, So they went up. And searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south, and came to Hebron, where Heman, Shishai, and Talmai, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eshcol, and took down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, And they bear it between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshkel because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. Uh, And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came uh, to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran. Uh, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and the, by the coast, the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which uh, come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Let's keep reading there in chapter 14, verse number 1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? into Egypt, and they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. 
and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we passed through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense has departed from them, and the Lord was with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. Drop down to verse number 23. Verse 23, chapter 14, verse 23. The Bible says, Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelled in the valley. Tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. Uh, drop down to verse number 30. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Verse 38. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into this thought here this morning. Our God, thank you for... All that you have done for us, Lord, you are, you are good to us. Uh, God, much more than we deserve. And God, I, I thank you for the blessings that you've given. Thank you for our salvation. And, and Lord, as was mentioned, there's uh, many different ones that are um, close to many individuals in here that are uh, sick or uh, have friends and family that have already passed away. Uh, in this time, and God, I just pray that you would be with each situation. I think, I'm sure that each of us can think of something, uh, someone that we know that is not doing well. And God, I just ask that you would help. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us today. I pray that you'd speak to hearts. God, I pray that you'd speak to my heart, uh, as you have already from this, from this thought, this passage. Uh, Lord, I, I need you. I ask that you would give me liberty. I ask that you would give me wisdom and strength, God, that I would say the things you would have me to say, nothing less and nothing more. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to look for a few minutes this morning, uh, the Lord helping us at the thought of, I lost that mountain. I lost that mountain. We sing that song, and I like that song. Uh, I want that mountain. It belongs to me. And in case you hadn't noticed, uh, if you were paying attention at all, as we read, we read a number of verses about Caleb which we know is who that song is about. Um, and, and much is said about Caleb and his fight, Caleb and his determination. Uh, and as they came into the land of Canaan, uh, they went and they, they spied out the land. Joshua and Caleb alone were the ones who saw um, a possibility, a potential of what God could do. They saw some things having faith in their God uh, and knowing what he could do. And we know what the Bible says, that uh, the entire 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness, um, uh, Rahab said that the inhabitants of Jericho, their hearts melted as water. 
For 40 years they were afraid of the children of Israel because they knew what their God did in Egypt. Think about that. For 40 years they were afraid of this people. We know that Balak was because as they came to Moab, Balaam, uh, Balak went and got Balaam. And he said, 40 years ago, these people came across the Red Sea and, and, and their God did all of this to, uh, to the land of Egypt. We're afraid of them. And 40 years had passed. But before that 40 years, the children of Israel had no faith. Uh, they, they, while the, the heathen could see what God could do, God's people couldn't see what God could do. And they had no faith in what their God could do, except for Caleb and Joshua. And again, we, much is said about Caleb and how he was 85 years old uh, and when he comes to the land, but yet he was ready and willing to engage in another battle for what God had for him. But I want to look at I lost that mountain this morning. First, uh, the first thought, the first thing that I see here in this passage is, as I kind of already mentioned, uh, an anticipation. An anticipation. Again, Caleb had been 40 years looking forward to the land of promise. They had been, uh, all the way back in Abraham's day, he promised Abraham and Abraham's seed the land of Canaan. That's why it was known as the land of promise. We understand that. Uh, and, and, and he told Abraham, he told Isaac, he told Jacob, he told the 12 uh, sons of Jacob that they would inherit that land, they would own that land, that they would, they would have a possession there that would never be taken away as long as they served their God. And so as they're coming back out of Egypt, it's interesting, the Bible says that God had respect unto His people as they were in bondage, and He remembered their, His people. He remembered the covenant that He had made with them. And the Bible says He brought, and we know that, they, He brought them out of the land of Egypt with a strong hand. But as they come, I wonder what must have gone through Caleb's mind here as they... Um, are, are making the decision to not go into the land, not go in and fight the battles that they needed to fight. What's going through Caleb's mind? What's going through Joshua's mind? I think about, um, you know, how many times in, in, a, in a family does one kid, is one kid bad? This happened in, in our family. Um, and as much as I would like to say that it was always my sister... When somebody was bad, it was probably me. Uh, and, and so one kid is bad, so all the kids miss out on something. Um, that happened with us sometimes. You know what? You guys are just being bad. You're, you're, you're causing problems. So nobody gets whatever it was we were looking forward to. And mom and dad may not know who the culprit was, but all the kids do. And I can remember being the recipient of that glare uh, more than one time. And I can also remember giving that glare more than one time. Because she missed out because of me, or I missed out because of her. And I just wonder what was going through Caleb's mind. I have an inheritance, but you guys don't want to go and put the work in. You guys don't want to go and fight the battle. And by the way, that is the same way in a church. It's the same way in a college. It's the same way in a youth group as it is in that family, as was here, God has a, uh, a blessing that he'd like to give to whatever group it is. But how many, and this is, this is free, how many Achans stop the blessing from coming? 
If you go back and read Joshua chapter 5, Joshua chapter 6, Joshua chapter 7, the Bible says as they brought uh, Achan down and stoned him, Joshua told Achan, thou hast troubled Israel this day. The entire nation of Israel missed out on some things. They lost the battle. 37 families did did not any longer have a father, did not any longer have a husband, did not have a man in that house because of one man that decided he was going to disobey God. So I wonder what went through Caleb's mind and Joshua's mind as there was an anticipation. Caleb had been 40 years Uh, Looking forward to this inheritance, turn over to Joshua chapter 14, if you would. Joshua chapter 14. Joshua 14, the Bible says in verse number 1, And these are the countries... Uh, which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed for inheritance by them or to them. By lot was their inheritance as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses for the nine tribes and for the half tribe. Uh, I'm going to, let's see here, drop down to verse number six for a second time. Then the children of Judah came unto, Josh, unto Joshua in Gilgal and Canaan, or Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Canaanite said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. All right, 40 years has passed now. How many things have you forgotten in the last month that you were supposed to do, you intended to do, or even that you wanted to do, let alone 40 years? There was some serious anticipation. I mean, Caleb is really looking forward to this to remember exactly what God said to Moses concerning him 40 years ago. But he comes to Joshua and he calls Joshua, not calls Joshua out, but he calls him to remembrance about it. 40 years old, verse number 7, was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to his out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thou, thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Uh, and now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And, lo, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And uh, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. Look at uh, verse number 13. And Joshua blessed him and gave him unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron. Pay attention to the words that you see in your Bible. Gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron, therefore, became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, unto this day, because that he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. In the name of Hebron before, which was Kirjath Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims, and the land had rest from war. Jump over to chapter 15. Verse number 13. And unto Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, he gave a part among the children of Judah, according to the commandment of the Lord to Joshua, even the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron. And Caleb drove thence the three sons of Anak, Shishai and Ahiman and Talmai, 
the children of Anak. And he went up thence to the inhabitants of Debir. The name of Debir before with, was Kirjath Sefer. Okay? He went up. He has been given Hebron. He goes up by conquest and takes the city of Debir. He has an anticipation. What does he anticipate? Keep those verses in your mind as we continue through here. A few things that I wrote down that he would anticipate. Number one, a retirement. Retirement. He's an 85-year-old man. He's looking forward to not just being finished, but to fight his last set of battles. At 85 years old, do you want to be going out and, you know, fighting everybody? And maybe, maybe you do. I don't know. But I don't want to be doing the same things when I'm 85 as I've done this last year. That does not, that's not exciting to me. I don't want to do next year the things that I did this last year. <laughs> but here's Caleb, an 85-year-old man. He's looking forward to being, uh, the Bible says, the land had rest from war. I believe he's looking forward to, being, uh, to having that victory over his share of God's enemy, uh, enemies and re- able to not retire from serving God. Don't misunderstand me. But being able to not have to be going out in the battle. He's got the strength to... But I imagine he's looking forward to not have to keep up with the 30-year-olds. Not only retirement, but recompense. After all that he had done for God, he's looking forward to having that, God, that blessing from God. Forty years ago, he had it. It was right there, and it was taken from him by the lack of faith of his countrymen. And he says, 40 years, older, uh, 40 years later, give me this mountain. He's looking forward. He wants the blessing of God. Some people... Say, you know, we don't serve God for a reward. I don't want to serve God for uh, for a crown. I don't want to serve God for the rewards. I mean, you know what? He's way more spiritual than I am. Because I'm looking forward to getting a reward from God. I want all I can get from the Lord. Uh, Maybe maybe that's carnality. But, uh, you know, Paul said that he was looking forward to a crown. Paul said that he was uh, fighting and that he was running the race so that he could receive something from his Lord. I want to get something from my God. I don't want to be the person who shows up uh, to the reward ceremony and stands around with my hands in my pockets because I don't have anything to fill them. That's not what I want to do. I hope that's not what you want. He's looking forward to having a recompense. He's been anticipating God taking care of his every need then perhaps most important of all, he's looking forward to a residence. Joshua gave him the mountain that he himself had spied out. It's all yours. Finish your last battles. and You have all that you could want. A place that he and his family could spread out and multiply to enjoy, to make their own. This is what he had been waiting for. The land of promise. There was an anticipation. Secondly, there was an assignment. Moving quickly over to Joshua chapter 20. Joshua chapter 20. There was an anticipation, but there was an assignment. Verse number 1, the Bible says, The Lord also spake unto Joshua, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Appoint out for you cities of refuge, whereof I spake unto you by the hand of Moses. That the slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. 
And when he that doth flee unto one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city uh, and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city, they shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And if the avenger of blood pursue after him, then they shall not deliver the slayer up into his hand because he smote his neighbor unwittingly and hated him not before time. And he shall dwell in that city until he stand before the congregation for judgment and until the death of the high priest that shall be in those days. Then shall the slayer return and come into his own city and unto his own house, unto the city from whence he fled. God desired, God had a need, if we can say that. God says we need some cities. Uh, not just any cities. These are cities, if you recall, the, the, the tribe of Levi did not receive an inheritance with the rest of the children of Israel. They didn't get land like everybody else did. And God says, we're going to give something to the, to, the, to the tribe of Levi. We need some cities, not just for them to live in, but cities to be a city of refuge. These cities are pretty important. If you study the Old Testament, if you, if you get into your Bible and read it, these cities were there for the purpose, they were designated for the purpose of saving the lives of individuals. That sounds pretty important to me. I mean... Maybe that's not important to you, but I mean, saving somebody's life, that's pretty significant. Sounds like something that's needed. Sounds like somebody ought to do that. And can I just say this? When God says, hey, I need somebody, I need something, everybody should jump. Everybody should say, hey, I'm available. I've heard it said many different ways, but um, and I can't remember... Pastor Armacus, I remember you mentioning this when I was in college, uh, this statement. The greatest ability, and I've heard it a couple different ways, is dependability, availability. There's a lot of abilities that are the greatest. But availability, God's looking for availability. So I sought for a man among them to stand in the gap. They should make up the hedge. I found none. What a sad case for Christianity of 2020, particularly, when God says, hey, everybody's at home. Ain't nobody going anywhere. Don't we go and knock on doors and, man, can't get anybody home. Now everybody's home. God's looking for somebody. But where are the Christians? You would think when God says we have a need to save people's lives from the avenger, revenger of blood, that everyone would be more than willing. But it's interesting, God didn't take volunteers. There was uh, an anticipation, there was an assignment, and thirdly, there was an appointment. Caleb did not volunteer, and that's not a knock against him. God didn't give an opportunity for people to volunteer. Look at chapter 20, verse number 7. God appointed. The Bible says, and they appointed Kadesh in Galilee, and to Mount Naphtali, and Shechem in Mount Ephraim, and Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron, in the mountain of Judah. And on the other side, Jordan by Jericho eastward, they assigned uh, Bezer in the wilderness upon the plain out of the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth and Gilead out of the tribe of Gad, and Golan and Bashan out of the tribe of Manasseh. Jump over to chapter 21, verse number 4. And the lot came out for the family of the Kohathites. The family of the Kohathites. And the children of Aaron, the priests, which were of the Levites, had by lot out of the tribe of Judah. Remember, that's where 
Caleb had his inheritance. That's where Hebron was. Out of the tri- and out of the tribe of Simeon, and out of the tribe of Benjamin, 13 cities. Jump down to verse number 10. Which the children of Aaron, being the, of the families of the Kohathites, who were of the children of Levi, had, for theirs was the first lot. And they gave them the city of Arba, the father of Anak, which city is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah, with the suburbs thereof round about it. But the fields of the city and the villages thereof gave they to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for his possession. Thus they gave to the children of Aaron, the priest Hebron, with her suburbs, to be a city of refuge for the slayer in Libna, with her suburbs. Not quite done yet. Drop down to verse number 15. And Holon with her suburbs, and Debir with her suburbs. How much did Caleb inherit? According to what we read earlier, and as far as what I can find, Hebron, the mountain of Hebron, and then he took Debir by conquest what he got. It's what he had. God says, I need something. I need some cities, not just for any random purpose. I need some cities to save people's lives, a cities to be a refuge. And Caleb, I want both of the ones that you have. And we sing, and and again, I love the song, I want that mountain, but follow the story all the way through. Caleb received it, Caleb fought for it. Caleb, uh, you know, he, he said, hey, somebody go take Debir. Whoever takes Debir, I'll give him my daughter to wife. And lo and behold, somebody jumped up and said, I want that. Not that. I want her. <laughs> and he runs over and takes Debir and gives it to his new father-in-law and gets a bride. Hopefully it was a good trade-off. The Bible doesn't tell us. There was an appointment. God said, I want what you've got. What was Caleb's reaction? He's been waiting 40 years. We get upset when, some, when, when God wants something we've been waiting for for six months. <laughs> for a week. Oh, wait a minute. What? You, want, you want my time? Hang on a second. You want... You want my purity? You want me to be holy? For how long? Like my whole life? Caleb's been waiting and waiting and waiting. But what do we see? Not not just acquiescence, uh, I guess, but approbation. That's, That's number four. Not acquiescence, but I see approbation. Yes, absolutely. Excited. Not just, yeah, I, I guess, God, if you really, really want it, I guess. No, no. God, it's all yours. You are welcome to everything. If I have a little hut down there in a the field, that's great. Uh, first of all, because my carcass didn't die in the wilderness. I'm thankful for that, praise God. Everybody else my age bracket and younger... He was 40. Anyone over 20 died in the wilderness. The Bible says, I love the, I love the words of the Bible. Their carcass died in the, or dropped in the wilderness. Okay, let me be thankful for that. There's never any evidence of complaining. Why? Was it because those anticipations weren't important? No. They were important. 
And we should have things we look forward to. We should have things that we say, God, I desire your blessing. If you don't desire God's blessing, there's something wrong with you. It wasn't because they were important, but I believe Caleb saw a greater importance in delivering people. People, Christians, get consumed with their rewards get consumed with their retirement, get consumed with their ease, get consumed with our personal time, our safety, our security, that we forget that in 2020, there are people out there that need a refuge. There are people out there that are, we, we are in our church, um, this last Sunday, we, Sunday morning, looked at the cities of refuge and looked at several different thoughts about the cities of refuge. There was a revenger of blood chasing the slayer, intending to do harm, intending to kill. We have an adversary. And the people out there have no way to defend themselves from that adversary. He destroys, and you know it. You've seen it. You've been in homes where, where it's just a, an absolute mess. And the devil has his way. And there's absolutely nothing they can do to have a defense against the devil. He does what, they, does what he wants. Proverbs chapter 5 says you're holding with the cords of your sin. They are of the father of the devil and the lust of their father they will do. They are bound to do what the, what the devil tells them to do. Why? Because of the... If, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. There are people that are being chased by a lion that walketh about seeking whom he may devour. If I remember correctly, the Bible says, Whom resist steadfast in the faith. Who are you holding a banner of refuge for? That they may see your banner and say there's refuge there. Caleb said, Make my city a place of refuge. That people can run to it and be safe. Is it you that makes them safe? Is it me that makes them safe? No, but we are the light of the world. We're a city set on a hill that cannot be hid, so let your light shine. Turn, take your Bibles, and we're finished here in a few minutes. Go over to Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26. Studying through this um, passage here a month ago or so, when I found some things that were really interesting and really convicting. Proverbs 26. The Bible says uh, in verse number 12, and we won't go through um, each one of these verses. You're welcome. Um, It took me, I, I think I spent a verse per service here a month ago. Uh, Verse number 12, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than than of him. The slothful man saith, There is a lion in the way, a lion is in the streets. As the door turneth upon his hinges, so doth the slothful upon his bed. The slothful hideth his hand in his bosom, it grieveth him to bring it again to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render a reason. All of those verses, Proverbs is not a collection of random one-off statements. There's context to Proverbs. 
And these verses, I believe, all go together. They're a collection that works together to cover different aspects of different things. But I wanna, what I want to look at um, is verse number 13. The slothful man saith, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the streets. I was doing uh, some word studies here and looking at this. It's interesting. There's two different thoughts on this lion. The first lion is a sound. I found that interesting. I, I can be sitting in here. Uh, well, uh, Obed has a Noah's Ark boat. And you put the little animals in, and when you put each one in its place, it makes the sound of that animal. And so I was playing with him here a while back, and, and uh, I took that boat over here, and I, I took an animal where he couldn't see it and stuck it in there, and he heard the sound, and he told me what the animal was. And uh, I put the lion in there, and he knew that that roar was a lion. He said, that's a lion. Now, was it a lion, or was it the sound of a lion that he identified? It was the sound of a lion that he identified. I put the tiger in there, and it's a different roar, and he's figured out which one is which. And he said, that's not a lion, that's a tiger. It was the sound that he identified. And that is what's going on here in this verse. The first lion is a sound. He hears something outside in the way. He's a slothful man. We find in the next verse, he's rolling back and forth on his bed. But he hears something outside, and he says, that right there is a lion. There's a lion out there. And based on what he hears, he makes a determination in his mind for the second word, which is not referring to a sound or anything abstract about that line. It is referring to the actual literal animal itself. He says, there is a lion sound in the way. A lion, the sound leads me to understand that there is an actual animal out there in the street. Instead of engaging the lion, the slothful man, according to the next verse, turns over in his bed. Listen, we have an adversary. The Bible says about that lion that he walked about roaring. Does it not? Is that not what the Bible says? Yes, it is. When we were in Africa, and I'm done, I learned, and this may not be the way it is in the zoo, but this is the way it is in Africa, apparently. That lions roar not when they're hungry. They roar after they're e they've eaten. That may not be the way it is in the zoo. But that's what the African guy told me. They roar after they have eaten. Why is the devil roaring so much? Why... Do we see someone else has fallen? The devil has had his way. He's come in and destroyed and destroyed and destroyed. But yet we say, I don't want to go out there. I might be the next one to get eaten. When it should be, we hear the lion and say, where's my gun? I'm going to go out there. Or really, where's my sword? I'm going to go out there. And my, one of my brothers has fallen. That's why he's roaring out there. I need to get out there and make sure that someone else doesn't fall and be a refuge. Caleb said, I'll be a refuge. You can take everything I've got because I want to help somebody. I want to be a refuge for someone. 
to make sure that none of my brothers, none of my sisters fall and get slain. How about us? Are we too comfortable? What are our excuses? Hey, man, there's a lion out there. I lost that mountain. As bad as he wanted it, he lost it. But it was okay with him. He was fine with that. What about you?